All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. And SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption with Dustin Rivenbark. Now, we have a great guest lined up. We have a great podcast for you lined up for today. But before we get into all of that, I want to sort of tell you the intent of the podcast, kind of the the why are we here, so to speak. And we're here to work out our hardships, our issues, our trials and tribulations in such a way that we can begin to unfold God's plan and purpose for our lives. But you may be listening and say, but Dustin, why do I need to listen to Scar? And the truth is, guys, we all have stuff, right? We all have things. We all have issues that can begin to accumulate and even change the trajectory of our lives. So yes, Scar is a safe place that we can all come in, share our our hurts, our victories, our knowledge, and all of those things, and help each other uncover God's plan and purpose for our lives. So, with that said, no further ado, I have a good friend of mine, Miss Laura Warfel, uh, that is on the line. Would you please say hello, Miss Laura? Hello, Justin. It's great to be here today, and thank you very much for inviting me. Hey, I am so glad to have you here, Laura. Now, Laura is from Illinois, correct? And so um, she is having a beautiful, windy spring morning, and uh, we had the chance to kind of uh, debrief right before this, and I'm I'm super excited. Still a little um, a little raspy. Uh, my listeners kind of know that I've been uh, we've been struggling with um, strep throat and and stuff like that around the house, but hey, we're getting better. So how are you doing, Miss Laura? I'm doing well, thank you. I've had a, a fun day. I have a part-time job at a Christian elementary school, so that always starts my day off on a very positive note, being around the kids. I always enjoy that. I'll tell you, as a, um, as a youth pastor myself, I, I love going into the elementary schools. It's filled with fun. Uh, and and a little bit of chaos and and all of that and so um, but usually when I go in it's just to say a few words so I'm kind of in and out and um, but yeah so you have got an amazing story um, and an and a ministry called more than a widow and so I'm super super excited um, about this podcast because you are. The first interview, if I'm not mistaken, that is um, sort of solely based on this um, idea of uh, life after widowhood. And so um, I'm, I'm excited to hear from you and excited to hear more about this topic. Can you tell me a little bit about you and how did More Than a Widow begin? More Than a Widow began in a time of deep despair for me. My husband and I had been married for about seven and a half years. He passed away unexpectedly. I had no idea what I was going to do next. I was totally lost and scared and had no plan. So I spent about 10 years feeling sorry for myself, 
being what I like to call a wife in waiting, waiting sure. for my next husband to come along so I could go on with my life. He never came. What happened in the meantime was I drew closer and closer and closer to God, closer than I ever had been in my entire life. Finally had the courage to say, Lord, what is it you want me to do next? If it's not going to be a marriage, what, what is it? And then he showed me, and I, I still have the journal book where I wrote out the plan that he gave me for More Than a Widow. So that's how More Than a Widow began. That is beautiful. Now, as far as your uh, late husband, tell me a little bit about you guys. You guys were actually high school sweethearts, correct? Well, not really sweethearts. We were friends. Okay. We met in our high school speech class. He was a senior. I was a freshman. So he went on to, he graduated, went on to college. He actually married his high school sweetheart. I eventually graduated, went on to college, got married, and we went on for our sep- with our separate lives. About 25 years later, his wife had passed away, leaving him with three teenagers. I was single. We started dating and got together and decided to get married. Had a wonderful, fun experience of raising kids together. He was a pastor. We did ministry together. We did a lot of things together. It was really a really special time in my life. So when when you found out um, that your husband's, um, he, 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 was, he was sick, right? He, didn't he have diabetes? Yes. And so when yeah, you found he out... some health problems. But we didn't know or didn't want to admit how serious they really were. So at what point did you realize that, hey, this is this is really taking a turn for the worst? Um, about how long before his actual passing was, was that? Uh, probably about an hour. We both were very optimistic people and worked really hard to keep everything going to do what we had to do to, to keep him engaged in life, to manage his illness. So I don't think either one of us really realized that that was the last day that he was going to be alive. Oh, my goodness. So it really came fast. Yes, and probably any other person looking at our situation would have seen the signs a lot easier than we did. We... We just continued to be optimistic that he was he was gonna keep going and sure, keep dealing sure. with the things that were coming. So so take me um, to the to the few weeks following that, Miss Laura. Um, what what was it like when when the truth kind of knocked on your front door and you 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 kind of found out, hey. Um, I just I just lost my husband and and take me through those those next couple of weeks. What what was it like for you in that moment? Usually what happens, everybody comes around you when the loss <clears throat> is new. And I had a wonderful support system, wonderful people helping me through all of that. At, after about 3 weeks, everybody was back to their own lives which that's, that's understandable. People yeah. have to get back to yeah. their own lives. 
So I found myself sitting in my chair in my living room staring at the TV set, and God sent me Joyce Meyer, and I watched everything that I could find of Joyce Meyer's teaching. I, I studied the Bible. I prayed. I just totally immersed myself in my relationship with the Lord, and for about a month, that's pretty much what I did. And I think that really gave me the foundation and grounding I needed to, to have the courage to move on in small steps. So it, it's, it was small steps at first. Uh, then I fooled myself into thinking that, oh, I'm just waiting for that, that next person to come, <laughs> come along. And, yeah. uh, I just had to keep, keep taking the steps and keep moving forward and, God took me on some really great adventures in the meantime. You know, um, I admire your uh, ability to push forward and and push on, and I give and you give all of the glory to God and and really trying to grow in your relationship with Jesus during that time. But you hit on something that I think is very very <clears throat> true to a lot of people. After a few weeks, okay, of any trauma. Uh, whether it be the loss of a loved one, um, whatever it may be, I, I generally find that people are kind and people surround you. And here's the thing, they surround you for a moment and it's almost a blanket for some people at that time. But then eventually you're right. And, and I don't want to hold people back from from all that they have to do they eventually have to get moving again and that often leaves us the the i i I say i say the victim the one going through it it often leaves us um with this sense of loneliness um with this sense of what do i do now now everybody's gone and i don't know what to do this and so um, I, I love the fact that you decided to immerse yourself in your relationship with God. Now, before we kind of get really deeper into this idea of more than a widow and, and, and this ministry, what do you say to someone right now who may be left holding the weight of, of a really tough situation? Uh, maybe maybe it is the loss of a loved one or a spouse um, or or childhood trauma, whatever that may be, Laura, what, what do you have for them in this moment? One thing I would like to say to them is that they, you're at a juncture in your life. <clears throat> it's a, a intersection where you have the opportunity to choose which way you're going to go. You're still here for a reason. God still needs you or you would not be here there is still work for you to do. The, the key is to finding out what that is and then having the courage to do it. It's way too easy to sit on the couch and flip through the TV channels and let the day go by. And I've, I've been there. I've done that. And you, and you wake up the next day feeling even worse than you did. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. Feeling even worse than you did the day before that's no way to live and that's not how God wants us to live so we have to as believers and followers of Christ we have to search for our more what more does God still have for us to do and then we have to live in our more and be willing to do it 
You know, I love that. I, I love the um, the analogy. Um, I, I often talk about this in in my podcast. I feel like uh, people's if people could understand that being faithful right where God has you, um, and and you just be thankful through or obedience. All right, and so uh, our our calling is is where God has placed us and we are thankful through obedience. I think if we can, if we can do that and we can understand, um, that, that there is more, but not get lost in the, what I call the world more, because the worldly more is this thing that's absolutely unattainable. It is something that once I, once I get more, I've lost it because the desire for more is always there. It never goes away. And so um, understanding that uh, God's more is different than than worldly more. And, and uh, the Bible tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I have come so that you may have life. And some versions say Jesus came so that we may have life abundantly. And that abundant life doesn't come without hardships or without trial or issues or anything like that, but it's something that we can walk in and towards fulfillment. Yes, yes. I agree. And so with this more than a widow, Laura, what is your main message? What is your goal with this ministry and, and kind of how does it operate? On Facebook, my mission statement is encouragement, hope, and resources, so no widow ever has to walk alone. Those are the two worst pitfalls for, I, I will say, every widow, that they don't, you don't know what to do next, and you feel like you're totally alone, and mm. those are, that's a constant struggle, no matter how many years you've been a widow, so we, in our heads, in our minds, in our faith, we know God's always with us. God has work for us to do. Walking that out and living that out alone is very difficult. So coming together on Facebook, in Bible study groups, wherever, on Zoom, wherever we come together, we have the opportunity to encourage each other and help each other through this experience. So what would you say are some of the struggles that widows are dealing with? Of course, you mentioned uh, loneliness and, and stuff like that, but what are some other common struggles? What are some themes that you kind of see that surround um, m- most every widow circumstance? Most of what I've seen could probably be broken down into three different categories. One is holding on to the past and not being willing to let go of it because you think that's who you are. In some ways, that might be true, and it does take a lot of courage to say, I'm going to go on with my life without that person that I loved more than anybody else in the world. That is tough. And I know I was only married to my husband for seven and a half years, and I know how hard it has been for me. I can't imagine what it must be like for somebody who was married to their husband for 50 years, 60, 60 years. So I know it's a really, it's a really hard challenge to, to deal with. 
Another is uh, financial struggles because mm. many women, they were not prepared to take over the finances. They don't know anything about the finances. There weren't, there weren't adequate funds to support them for the rest of the years that they're going to be here. The, sometimes having to go back to work or go to work after having not worked for a long period of time, those kind of challenges are very difficult and they have to be addressed usually really quickly after the passing of your husband. And then the third one is thinking, just thinking that, um, just low self-esteem, that I, I, I don't know what I have to contribute to this world, I don't know why I'm still here, and that works against widows as they're trying to find out how they can be productive in their lives and, and what they still have to offer. So, Laura, with with more than a widow, if if somebody is struggling, because you bring up a very interesting point with the financial struggle. Um, my mind was wrapped around all of these other kind of blatantly obvious things that we would deal with as as a widow or the loss of a spouse. This one right here, financial problems are this one's probably um, one of the biggest hits in the gut that that a person could find themselves in trying to figure out how to survive now, especially if they've relied on their significant other for some length of years. Um, with that, how can joining a group like More Than a Widow be beneficial to someone who is in that type of situation? I'm constantly making contacts with new resources and sharing those resources in our group and on my page so people have something to, to choose from or someplace to start. It's really difficult. I can't go out and fix somebody's leaky faucet or I can't balance somebody's checkbook sure. or anything like that, but I can help them connect with people who can help them and we can share ideas and wisdom within our group and oh that happened to me and here's what I did and and those kinds of things so that that shared information and shared wisdom is really helpful I think with within our group no it is and I just want to commend you for being obedient um, to this calling because this is this is pretty big I mean this is mission this is this is a life mission with purpose that could bring real hope and healing to somebody's despair, to somebody's life, you, you know? And so um, with that, I bet you have come across um, some pretty amazing stories. Um, can you give us a couple of, uh, of maybe uh, some some real positive outcomes that you have seen from more than a widow and people that you have connected with? I think one of the most gripping stories I've of a woman that I've just recently connected with, so I don't really have a positive outcome from this one yet, a woman shared in our group that her husband had just died two days before unexpectedly she was in her 
30s and it was just so shocking that number one that she had enough courage to share in the group which I complimented her on and uh, thanked her for but then when I saw how the other widows of all different ages came to her aid and made helpful comments and said they were praying for her and encouraging her and it's going to get better you're going to make it through this and it just showed me I just had to step back because they were they were doing all the right things for her and it, it was just so rewarding to me to see that they knew how they knew how to help someone just like second corinthians one tells us that god brings us through our challenges so that we can turn around and help other people through those challenges and i saw that lived out right right there in our group wow you know that's that's beautiful that's that's the joy of doing ministry um yes you know, in, in the church, inside the church, I think a lot of times, Laura, we get caught up in just coming, um, sitting, and being served. And whether it's through music, whether it's through a good message, I think a lot of times we put the the pastor is almost in, viewed as, as, as a celebrity almost, and he kind of comes in, does his thing. And I think as church members, we forget that we are called to be servants first um, and, and reaching out and helping others. I love I love this mission. How can how can people like me, how can people like our listeners, how can we help other widows that that we know or or maybe know of? I have a caveat I need to share before I talk about that. Many widows tend to isolate because it's easy and it's not as painful as trying to get out and interact with people and engage with the world again. So ministering to widows can be difficult. It can be discouraging. It can it can be easy to give up because you feel like the other the widow is not responding the most important thing i can say is keep reaching out even if you don't get a response even if you don't know what's going on with her even if you don't know exactly how to help her a card a letter an email a text some connection keep letting her know you're there obviously if she says leave me alone that's a whole different issue <laughs> right but, right but Right, but it, we're so conditioned to think if we don't get a response, we're off the hook, basically. Yeah. Keep reaching out. That's that's huge. Another one is to pray for widows. Pray intentionally for the financial struggles, the spiritual struggles, the relationship struggles, the, the uh, mental and emotional struggles that they are going through. And also not be... Don't be afraid to help. Somehow in our culture, we think that if we help a widow, oh no, she's so needy, we're going to get sucked in and we'll we'll never get away. She's going to take advantage of me forever. That, That works against what you can bring to help a widow. 
sometimes we have to set boundaries and we have to set limits and we have to say, I can help you with fixing your toilet today. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And that's what I'm, I'm here to help you do that and we'll get that done. And that doesn't mean that you have to stay and fix the car, mow the lawn and paint the house while you're there. So sometimes we do have to set boundaries, but so many widows don't know where to turn and for help and they they're afraid to ask because they don't want to look helpless we just had a whole post that I shared in my in our group about how I struggle with uh feeling helpless and I don't want to look helpless and so I don't want to ask for help and several people shared about that so if a widow takes the risk and reaches out and asks for help that's huge and if you can give help, that's huge. And sometimes it's just something that seems very simple to you because you know how to do it, but it can be overwhelming to her, especially if she's living alone and doesn't have a clue how to handle the situation. Absolutely. And you bring up some, some very valid points. Uh, for me, I don't know if it's a situation of, not wanting to get sucked in as much as it's a situation of not wanting to be a burden. Um, And I think that's a big thing that would stop me from continuing to reach out is like, oh, well, either she's good or she doesn't want my help. And you're saying that's not the case. She may just have a situation where she doesn't know how to receive the help or respond or get along or anything like that. So keep reaching out, of course, unless she says stop it. Then there right. could be there could be a whole she's either good or maybe um maybe she just doesn't doesn't want it or need it. And so mm-hmm. that's a whole or not ready to receive it. Um right. so so with that, um you mentioned that your relationship with God your relationship with Jesus grew like like never before, um, and he gave you this revelation for um, more than a widow and, and all of that. Um, can, you, can you expound on that just a little bit to kind of bring it to a close um, and show somebody how you grew in your own personal walk with Jesus and how he sort of helped you from the darkness to the light, if you will. When I started more than a widow, my my daughter-in-law had given me a prayer box. I had never seen one before. I've never seen one since. It's a wooden box with two drawers in it with small cards, and you write who you're praying for on those cards. I, I think maybe it was supposed to be like, uh, prayers and answered prayers or something like that, but I just made it all prayers. So each woman that I would connect with through Facebook, each widow, I would write her name on a card, and once a week I prayed through all of the cards and brought each of those widows to God, even though I didn't know what their specific needs were or sometimes all I knew was their name, but I knew I knew that God needed to know that I cared about them. Yes. I've continued to do that, and I have to admit, not, not as often as I was in the beginning. 
that brought me so much closer to widows. It made me so much more sensitive, sensitive to the fact that it's not just everyday people who become widows. Movie stars become widows. Celebrities become widows. Musicians become widows. Political figures become widows. So it opened my eyes to the fact that, wow, there are a lot of widows in our world. No matter what status they're at or what economic level they're at, they need our prayers because they're traveling a difficult road. Yeah. You know, that's that's so powerful. And I want to encourage um, each and every one that is listening to this podcast right now um, the intercessory prayers are so yeah. powerful. They they are they're biblical. They are they're a necessity. I, I know so oftentimes our prayer life can almost look like a vending machine where I pump in quarters, which are my prayer, and I expect to get what I want in return, um, which is whatever I'm requesting from God. And so, but but our prayer life is so much more than that. Our prayer life can be so much more powerful and can absolutely alter the lives of people around us just by interceding yeah. for them. And 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 you know as as we move forward in this life, the more that we do community, the more that we come together and um do things like this, which is just love others. Um, what are you called to? What are you passionate about? Um, and let's begin to formulate a plan in which we can uncover all that God has for us. And, and I just want to thank you, Laura, for, for coming on here, for being obedient, um, for, for being passionate about, um, your love for God and, and where he has you right now. And we look forward to seeing what God is going to do with More Than a Widow uh, in this next chapter. Now, before we bring it to a close, how can our listeners find out more about you? Where can we go to find out more about More Than a Widow, uh, more about you, or maybe even uh, reach out to you to tell you how much they were impacted by this? My website is Laura, L-A-U-R-A, Warfel, W-A-R-S, as in friendly, E-L, dot com. Everything, the links, my blog, the information about More Than a Widow, social media links, everything is there. There's a bio, people can learn more about me. There, uh, I have a page of suggested resources. So anything connected with More Than a Widow, you'll find there. I absolutely love it, and uh, I encourage each and every one of you uh, to go and connect with Laura and um, and just learn to do community and know that you are not alone. Um, again, Laura, um, I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming on, and if you will hold on just for a second. As for our listeners, we will see you in the next couple of days. <music>